Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino and... Oh, shit. Oh, dear. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here for the Draft News Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. We are just two weeks away from the launch of the draftnetwork.com cannot wait for it and cannot wait to continue our series today our up-and-comer series on the nfc east kyle welcome to this monday edition of the show thank you joe uh first and foremost the segment on the nfc east no offense eagles cowboys redskins and giants fans it can wait because we had breaking blockbuster news last night and Johnny football is heading to Montreal Joe this is an earth-shattering deal for the fact that it's roping me into being a Montreal Alouettes fan (laughs) despite the fact that their uniforms are the ugliest thing I've ever seen uh there's a team in there um they're green and white or green and yellow it's like a bad version of the Packers. I want. It's not Saskatchewan. It's the other team that's uh, green and yellow. They, they are. They are very terrible. Edmonton. It's Edmonton, right? The, uh, Eskimos. the the Eskimos. Yes. Yeah. Terrible. Those are worse than the Elks. Uh, so it's close. You, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so welcome Johnny Football to my Elks. I've already uh, proclaimed, oh, dear Lord, my love for the Montreal Alouettes uh, back when we first. Uh, started, you know, putting our toes in the water when it comes to the CFL. Joining the great John Bowman on defense. We've got Johnny Manziel on offense. Former NFL head coach Mike Sherman. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. But, uh, hey, look, the, the Owls gave up their 20-21 and 21 
Uh, 20 and 21 first-round picks, along with some players here, to get Johnny Manziel. But Drew Willie could, couldn't take any more of them. And uh, hopefully we can see Johnny Manziel on the field sooner rather than the later. You had mentioned in the pre-show that they play Thursday night. Um, and, you know, look, is that too soon to, you know, insert him into the starting lineup? But the point is, does Johnny Manziel ever play on script anyways? So you might as well put him in there. He's going to be better than Drew Drew Willie. And then to your other point that you made, I'm stealing your points here. Next week, Hamilton Tiger Cats, the revenge game already. Friday night, prime time, 7.30, must-watch television. Uh, Joe, it's three days before the Draft Network launches. What a great that be, weekend. It would, that would be the highest, most-watched CFL game in the history of its existence, I would bet. If, if Johnny Manziel is the starting quarterback against the Hamilton Tiger Cats next Friday night, most watched CFL game of all time. The um, Manziel revenge game. I'm here for it. Uh, but, did, Joe, final parting thought on, on Mike Sherman because I could not contain my laughter. This is a coach that decided it would be a good idea to have all running plays start with a cadence of go for the snap count and all passing plays to start on a cadence of go-go for a snap count. That's how watered down we're talking here with Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman, uh, he was the Packers head coach from 2000 to 2005, uh, 59% winning percentage, uh, oh, five consecutive, four consecutive seasons of 10 or more wins, three consecutive division titles. I'm, I'm good. Come on. You, know, look. you want to look at the roster? Uh, yeah, they had this guy named Brett Favre. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Well, and maybe sure. that success that success didn't necessarily continue at Texas A&M. No, I don't think it did. Didn't didn't continue in as the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins either. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, Kyle. Uh, you're normally the complaint guy on this show, but I've got one. Yeah, hit me. Uh, I'm ready. I know. Uh, so here it is. Uh, I was this weekend in Atlanta uh, for a concert. Jason Aldean, Hootie and the Blowfish, Luke Combs, Lauren Elena had a great time. My gripe comes from my hotel check-in. Uh-oh. Uh, I arrive, and uh, there's, there's somebody being helped. There's a person behind them, and then it's me in line. Uh, when, uh, while this three-deep three line was in existence, a gentleman walked in who had already been checked into the hotel and had uh, a question for the attendant. Uh, when the, when the, he kind of just lurked over to the side. When the gentleman who was being helped was finished, and he walked out. That guy inserted himself into this line, and he said, look, I'm the most important person in the world. I need my question answered before you other people get helped. And I think it is absolutely asinine for somebody, just because they have already been helped previously, that they have the right to jump back in in line and butt in. Look, it's a brand-new sequence of events here. Get in line. You're not more important. It's just like the people at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, for whatever reason, you can't go get your own refill. you got to go up to the counter. And – there's people that are in line to make their order, and then these people that want to refill come in, and they just get to the front and hand their drink. No, dude, get in the back of the line one at a time. You're not any more important than I am because you've already been served. This is a single-file line. You don't butt in. And so I have a problem with these people that think that because they've already been served that they have the right to come back in and insert themselves before other people. And I know this is, might be news to some people. Like people, You're probably listening to this right now and like, oh, yeah, I do that. Well, you know what? You're wrong for doing that, and you're kind of an asshole. Oh, wow. Get back. Get to the back of the line. I got a problem with it. I got a problem with it. I just call their listeners assholes. 
probably not my best moment on this podcast, but I get fired up when I see these people. Listen, this this is the equivalent of, you know, when when you're maybe you're entering a construction zone, right? Or or you're coming up on a merge in traffic, and everybody's in line, and there's that one dude who feels it's necessary to either ride all the way up along the cones and try and cut in, or the guy who's in bumper-to-bumper traffic and will pull his car and drive along the shoulder of the highway to proceed down to his exit, regardless of how far away that is. That, that's, that's my personal experiences with the people that you're talking about right now that say, I don't have time to wait in a line or sit in traffic. I'm more important than everybody else who's all playing by the same rules. Those people are all cut from the same cloth, and it's not me. And uh, I don't, I don't, is it just a privilege that people think because they've already been assisted at some point that they just have the right to just get before? Look, I'm jumping to the front of the line. I've already got my order. I've already got my room. Just need an iron. Just let me jump up in front of everybody. No, like that's not okay. I, um, I want to crowdsource this. So if the if you people are out there and you know you do this, we want to know why, why you you feel you're better than us. It's an open invitation to let agreed. us know. I'm glad you agreed on this. Uh, because I didn't, I, I figured you, look, I know you're a good person. So I, I knew that you would, I, I, I just a little bit of nervous, right? You, you just didn't, I didn't know if you were going to be on board. Good to know that you're on board. Well, let's not go too far and call me a nice person or a good in the person. Flesh. <laughs> no, in the flesh, you're a very kind, well-mannered, polite human being. I will, that is very true about you. Yeah. Very okay. My, my personal presence and my stage presence are, are not necessarily the same person all the time. I'll give you that. Right. And at, least, and at least around certain crowds, you're very well behaved. Sure, sure. So. Of course. <laughs> it's time and place for everything. Yeah. Like, r- right now is the time and place to talk about the NFC East and some of the young bucks and up-and-comers in this division, Joe. So we have the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins, and the New York Giants. Uh, if you don't mind, Joe, I would like to wrestle away the opportunity uh, to open up the festivities on today's show, talking football. And I want to talk about Darius Geis. Uh, Geis, part of a completely new backfield, remade backfield in Washington with Alex Smith, now the starting quarterback there. And uh, Geis is entering a situation that I think is really interesting because like, he was uh, fit to a T for what Washington always likes in their backs. If you look back at their last several years of drafting and their trends, they love these compact physical runners and uh, Geis is that, but he has an extra element to his game uh, with the explosiveness and, and the suddenness of his cuts versus guys like Samaj P. Ryan, who's, who's nowhere near as lateral or, or Rob Kelly, who's there. So uh, an interesting fit in that it's exactly what you would want, but the upside here is really enticing because he has the ability to be much more of that that playmaker and that guy that can make explosive chunk plays happen. My question and my concern is, what does his rookie season workload look like? I don't know if he's going to be given pass protection responsibilities or third down back responsibilities or be a guy that's going to catch a lot of footballs out of the backfield, even though we know physically he can do it. He wasn't asked to do it at LSU, but we know he can do it. That's my – because 
the, this catalyst came from somebody who had asked me a fantasy football question about Darius Geis, and I will tell you right now, don't ask me fantasy football questions because I will give you the worst advice ever. But Darius Geis, really exciting opportunity in what will probably be a predominant ball carrier role, maybe not necessarily a three-down role, at least early on in his career, Joe. Yeah, you know they'd love for Chris Thompson to be healthy and take uh, some of that third down stuff, but uh, guys can certainly shoulder that. But we, if we know anything about Chris Thompson is that uh, he is just not durable, and so that's going to potentially uh, lead to a very expanded role for Mr. Geis. Kyle, I want to start with the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, they added a bunch of pieces to that secondary in last year's draft. But the one that I'm most excited about is Xavier Rhodes, who looks like he's on track to be the starting uh, free safety there uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Got a chance to start four games last year, came away with an interception, three pass breakups, and 42 tackles. Uh, but this is a player that you and I both loved in the summer of, is it, I guess, 2017 going into the season. Uh, we were doing our summer scouting, trying to get our, a feel for the best seniors in the nation, and we both came across Woods, and we both loved him right away. And then he just went on to have a terrific senior year after he had a great junior year, a lot of ball production, a lot of really good open field tackles, a lot of really strong mental processing skills, and a, and a fairly good athletic skill set. And uh, it seems like he just kept on being slept on. Uh, just throughout the entire process, throughout the, the senior bowl, the, the combine, and then he's a six-round pick, and me and you were still pounding the table right up, uh, you know, even when he was drafted. There's video of us talking about how we thought Xavier Woods was a steal of the draft. And, uh, you know, look, he had a really strong rookie season and when he was able to get on the field, but now really penciled in as a starter on that back end. And I get really excited about what he can do because if we saw anything from that Louisiana Tech tape, it's that he's a playmaker, he knows how to play the football, he can tackle, he's athletic. And so uh, really excited to see what he does now and is entering the season as a starter. It's a big deal in that year one to year two. That year one is all draft prep, and you're, not, you know, you're, you're just not focused in on the scheme and knowing, your, knowing the playbook and all that type of stuff. You're just late. You're just late to everything, and plus you're getting acclimated to the NFL. Now he knows what to expect he's been. He's been in the system, and, uh, man, I, I think that he's a star in the making, and that starts right now in 2018. Uh, tweet from March 15, 2017, from at Grinding the Tape, yours truly. Louisiana Tech Xavier Woods, one of just eight players in college football over the past 16 years to register 250-plus tackles, 12-plus interceptions, and force five-plus fumbles. Pretty impressive resume. Yeah, the, the college resume was all there. He's just tiny, right? He's just tiny. A little bit more context. Tweet from at Grinding the Tape on March 15, 2017, several minutes beforehand. List of NFL defensive, bass pro- defensive back prospects this year, i.e. 2017, to log 80-plus total tackles, three sacks, and five interceptions in the 2017 or 2016 college season. The list is Xavier Woods. <laughs> that's it I mean the, the dude had excellent resume and I agree with you wholeheartedly I'm excited to see him step into a full-time role there uh that that Dallas Cowboys secondary in general is is pretty intriguing uh it's got Byron Jones who was a first round pick of 2015 Xavier Woods Chidobe Awuzie who were 2017 uh picks it's also got uh, Marquez White and Jordan Lewis, who are 2017 picks. Uh, Anthony Brown from, from Purdue, who's potentially the nickelback, 2016 picks. So uh, they have their guys, this secondary. They, they like guys that play pretty physical. 
and um, you know Byron Jones has kind of been given the runaround. Of, is he playing safety? Is he playing corner? And uh, they'll let that settle in. But uh, he's the most athletically gifted of the group for sure with his athleticism. But uh, needs to settle into a position and really come into his own. But Joe, the the name on the Dallas roster in general that I want to talk about, uh, it, it's certainly not one of the tight ends. This is a this is a weird tight end group in Dallas with Rico Gathers and Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swaim and uh, Dalton Schultz, who I actually like the most out of that group. It's a defensive guy. It's it's Jalen Smith, right? Uh, Smith coming out of Notre Dame, second round pick, uh, would have been. You know, first round selection, if not for that really ugly knee injury that he suffered against Ohio State in the bowl game. Uh, apparently making a lot of really nice strides as far as his recovery uh, from the nerve damage that he suffered there. And uh, he's he's coming into his third season now. And you know, if, you, if you do some general background reading, I will not pretend to be a, a nerve regeneration specialist or anything of the sort. Uh, but it sounds like you know, he's far enough out from that injury now where you can expect to see a lot of the explosiveness and the twitch, and uh, those are the last things to come back. And the expectation in Dallas is is that this is the year for Smith and his ability to do so. So I'm really dialed in on him just to see how close can he get to the explosives that he had at Notre Dame. Because if he gets 90 95% of that back, holy cow, you better look out because this, this was a really special, rangy player when he was on the field at Notre Dame. Another interesting guy for that Dallas defense, Jihad Ward, a guy that yeah. they acquired from the Oakland Raiders, now part of the mix. And you know, We saw uh, Jihad Ward working with Rod Marinelli at the Senior Bowl a couple years ago, and he really, really popped, uh, particularly with his hand strength and how well he was uh, kind of slapped together. And now he gets a chance to – to continue that involvement with uh, with Marinelli and the Cowboys, it didn't really come together in Oakland, but now it's a it's a really nice opportunity to see, you know, if if that can uh, materialize into a solid football player. Next player that I want to mention here, I'm going to shift gears to the New York Giants and this offensive line that lost Weston Richburg and Justin Pugue. I thought those are you know two really solid football players, and one of the ways they replenished that uh, that group was drafting Will Hernandez, the UTEP. Uh, offensive guard and man uh, you want to talk a dude that just kicked ass on film for for UTEP and then he really showed up in a big way at the senior bowl and he tested really well at the, at the combine and he just has that you know that true makeup of a plug and play interior offensive lineman who's he's an ass kicker but he's got some mobility and some athleticism that you don't really expect from a guy that that really kind of profiles with his skill set and size and so this is probably the best interior blocker that Saquon Barkley's had since high school, maybe, you know, a guy that can truly move bodies out of the way. And so you think about Saquon working with, with Will Hernandez for a long time there, and you've got a nice little building, building couple of nice building blocks for this, this running attack. Now, the rest of this Giants offensive line, I think there's a lot of question marks, but I like what they have in Hernandez and how he can uh, be a space maker there for Saquon Barkley. Joe, can I ask you a question? Of course. What the hell are the Giants doing at linebacker? What they've always done. This is, this is outrageous. Yeah, this is this I mean, has been ten years now. This like. this is like another full on case study on like the value of linebackers, because this this team is going completely all in that they're going to have the horses up front that can just let them play with guys who get cross eyed trying to read keys 
in the second level and, and that they're going to be just fine. Uh, obviously, you have Kareem Martin, Damon Harrison, Dalvin Tomlinson, Olivier Vernon, Avery Moss, Kerry Wynn, uh, R.J. McIntosh, and B.J. Hill as new additions from 2018 draft. Uh, you got those horses up front. They are betting that that is what they need to get away with a starting three of Alec Ogletree, B.J. Goodson, and uh, a rookie I liked quite a bit who's projected to start at will, Lorenzo Carter, but you don't know what you have yet because this is this is a third-round draft selection in 2018. Um, <laughs> good luck, right? Like, like, you better be playing a whole lot of nickel, but your nickel options are Curtis Riley, Dante Dayan, and Grant Haley. I, I just... I, I think if teams spread this team out, they're going to have some trouble. And they really don't have a feature pass rush guy anymore. Olivier Vernon had a really productive year when he was a free agent before he came to the Giants. But he's ideally your second pass rusher. So you've got no speed rushers. You've got undisciplined linebacker play. And you don't have anybody that can match up in the slot or against tight ends. That That seems like a bad combination for me. I will uh, come back here with what I think is some potentially positive uh, takes on some of these Giants defenders. Uh, if there's one that intrigues me here, a young guy going into year two, that's Avery Moss, the defensive end, mm-hmm. one of the guys you mentioned there. Uh, you know, with Jason Pierre-Paul now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, I think it really kind of opens the door for Moss to get some looks and factor into this rotation. He's an original uh, recruit to Nebraska, got in some some trouble and, and was uh, dismissed from the team. And then he uh, hooked up with Bo Pelini when he was at Youngstown State. And he had a really strong senior year, actually 17 and a half tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks and four forced fumbles working uh, across from uh, Derek Rivers, another really solid football player. And I thought when you, you think about his tape at Youngstown State, you know, he was a really solid run defender, active hands, really firm edge setter, uh, really committed to those run fits. And then, uh, as a pass rusher, I think, think he thought he showed a lot of burst and some, some active hands and a good amount of flexibility to really challenge that corner around offensive tackles. And so, you know, they, they need some guys there at defensive end. They, they obviously passed on Bradley Chubb for Saquon Barkley, so they must have liked you – know, they obviously loved Barkley, but they had to feel some level of comfort in some of the pieces they already had in place given the trading away Jason Pierre-Paul. So uh, Vernon's their guy, right? He needs to be good because they're paying them a zillion dollars, and Kareem Martin is is an interesting player. But when you kind of think about who else for this Giants defense, keep an eye on Avery Moss because I think he can play. Yeah, it's a good call, Jill. I I really liked his film coming out. He was a pretty physical guy and and had a lot of length. I believe this is a guy with over 34-inch arms, and he showed he could use him at Youngstown. Let's talk about the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, Joe. Uh, I think it's high time we we bring the Super Bowl champs into this discussion as we wind things down here. Uh, You're not going to get a lot of opportunities to see younger guys get into the rotation with the exception of Derek Barnett and Sidney Jones. I know that's only the team's first and second round picks last year that are are tentatively listed as starters. But, Joe, I want to talk about the undrafted free agent crop that this team pulled. Rich get richer, right? Jeremy Reeves signed with this team as a safety and, and I think has a really good potential to make the 53-man roster. You look at the Eagles' safeties, Rodney McLeod and uh, Malcolm Jenkins are listed as the starters. Uh, the other safeties on the roster include Jeremy Reeves, 
Trey Sullivan, Chris Maragos, Stephen Roberts, Randall Goforth, and Ryan Neal. Try and tell me Jeremy Reeves isn't the third best player out of that list. My point exactly, Joe. You can't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm also going to move on. It up, and I want to talk about Joe Ostman, a guy who, who might not make the roster. But it's not fair that Ostman is a guy who had such great college tape coming out of Central Michigan, just a, a Tasmanian Devil-style pass rusher. He's undersized short arms, so that naturally means he's automatically disqualified from getting drafted in the NFL draft. It's just the way the league works. Uh, but Ostman, uh, I don't know, man. He can play somewhere. I really feel like that that's a player that could contribute on Sundays, be it on special teams, be it as a rush, a rotational rush specialist, you know, when, you, when you're later in a game and your, your primary guys are, are worn out. Obviously, the Eagles are stacked at end. they got Barnett, Michael Bennett, Josh Sweat, Chris Long, Brandon Graham. They, they don't need Joe Osman, but here he is, and he's, he's on the roster going into training camp. Uh, I hope he gets looks in the preseason. I hope he gets an opportunity to stick somewhere because that's a, a guy I really think can play. And then, Jill, you switch over to the offensive side of the ball. They signed Josh Adams from Notre Dame, who's a really big, powerful guy who I liked as a one-cut runner coming out of Notre Dame. He rushed for 2,000 yards last year. You know, the Eagles got themselves some really nice undrafted players. I can't believe you didn't mention Sidney Jones. I, I did mention him. I just kind of glazed over him. Yeah, I thought that. I mean, I think he's a chance to, to really emerge. I know that they're going to need him. Look at that salary cap situation mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Resigning Ronald Darby is not going to happen. So Sidney Jones really emerging this year, which is something he's more than capable of doing, is really really a, a big thing that uh, would be good for the Eagles. Uh, Kyle, I want to go back to Washington here and talk about John Allen, their uh, number one pick from 2017. He missed 11 games last year, if I'm not mistaken, with a Liz Franck injury. And uh, I like Allen a ton. He was my number seven overall player coming out. And I thought he had shoulder concerns. So, right, his shoulders are fine, and he winds up having a foot injury that uh, required some surgery. He was put on IR. Uh, but, man, when you think about him coming out, in every sense of the word, he was such a refined defensive lineman. He had a really nice blend of physical traits, technique, uh, mental processing skills, super productive in college, and, and his versatility to really play all along the defensive line. And so you think about the Washington front, it's somewhat similar to the Alabama front, and that's why they keep drafting players from it, I'm, I'm guessing. But if you need a guy that can play gaps or penetrate a single gap or set the edge, rush inside, outside, I mean, that's what you get from John Allen. And so uh, hopefully he's, he's ready to go for this season because he's got a lot of physical upside. And, and you think about the Redskins' run defense before John Allen was was hurt and when he was out of the lineup. And that, that defense got a lot softer up front. So I think he's an important player, and I think he can have a big role this year. Yeah, Joe, this, this is my parting thought, and I'll see if you have any parting thoughts as well. But sticking with this Redskins secondary, uh, Fabian Moreau, third-round pick from 2017, was a player I was really high on. I had a second-round grade on this player. Uh, not quite sure what his standing is, considering the team uh, did invest a supplemental draft pick and Adonis Alexander is a potential uh, contributor in 2018 as a rookie. Uh, they drafted Greg Stroman late this year. 
so, so they've infused some young talent despite using a day-two pick on Fabian Moreau last year. But I like Fabian Moreau a lot. And, and durability was kind of a question there. And uh, you know, he, he should be stepping into this second year in which he was a non-factor uh, with a chance to make an impression. Uh, the starting corner opposite Josh Norman is Orlando Skandrick. There's no reason why a healthy Fabian Moreau, with a year of learning and processing the playbook and continuing to develop himself as a player, should not challenge and push Orlando Skandrick for a starting job in Washington. And if he does, get excited because the athletic traits were all there for Fabian Moreau. Cal, the only parting thought I have is I want to give a shout-out to Evan Ingram here in year two. He had a great rookie season 64 catches, 722 yards, six touchdowns. And uh, this this arsenal of, of weapons for Eli Manning this year is pretty outstanding when you think about, uh, obviously, Ingram and, and Daquan Barkley, but then Sterling Shepard and, and Odell Beckham uh, at receiver. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of guys that require a lot of attention, and, and there's going to be some really nice matchup opportunities for Evan Ingram. And Eli Manning just needs to kind of orchestrate this offense and distribute the football. And I think that – Ingram uh, has a ton of upside and just continuing to blossom and, and fit into this offense and have a lot of favorable options here, given, I think, a, a much more diverse offense this year for the Giants. As long as that offensive line holds up, I think Ingram can really have another really good season after a, a really strong rookie year already. Yeah, I dog the Giants for their linebackers, but that offense, who Nelly, that, that can be a really, really fun group with Odell coming back and Ingram and Barkley and Sterling Shepard even and an experienced quarterback and Eli Manning and some improvements along the offensive line on the left side at least. So I want to see it all come together. I want to see Eli put together a a nice season and and potentially ride off into the sunset with his head held high. Uh, You you hate to see guys who have – no established careers, maybe not legendary careers, but you know Eli did meet beat the Giant or the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, so that makes him a legend in my book. And uh, he, two of the most exciting football plays you'll ever see in the history of the game. Yeah, are Eli Manning's. Uh, you know, both of the catches, the Tyree catch, and then it. Uh, who was the other guy? It's, it's escaping me along the sideline there. Oh, I... uh, what's his name with the face? The guy with the two arms and the two legs. Thank you. Yeah, that's the, that's the one. Uh, you you, you ne- never want to see a guy who's had a long uh, story career kind of go out with a fizzle. So maybe this can be that year for Eli. Uh, obviously, the R word's creeping up on him. Uh, don't want to see him retire without putting his best foot forward. Uh, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for, for listening in to this episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are almost halfway through this series, and we're just about one month away from the start of the college football season. We're getting pretty darn close to the start of the NFL preseason, and we're getting really freaking close to the launch of the Draft Network, which comes on August 6th. So uh, mark that on your calendars. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Follow along with us as we embark on a whole new season together with each and every one of you. Uh, As a reminder from the beginning of the show, if you are somebody who cuts in line like a butthead, uh, we'd like you to reach out to us on Twitter and let us know what your thought process is. Uh, Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at Grinding the Tape. Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. And this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. What does your morning sound like? Uh, Goodbye, baby. 
She's finally asleep. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage egg and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Title Premium, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.